Geelong's past the third of the season mark under the new COVID rules. And round seven saw the Cats losing by 22 points in Optus Stadium with a crowd of over 22,000 there to the old foes Collingwood, 35 to 57. With me again here is Zach this week. Right. And Ol. How's it going? A scrappy game, a lot of rain. For me, not an enjoyable watch. How did you find it, Zach? Oh, look, on a highlight for me was just seeing people back at the footy again. I mean, would have loved for us to have been there. Disappointing to lose, and it always burns when you lose to Collingwood, regardless of what's on the line. But great to see crowds back at footy. Hope, hoping to see more of that. Well, yeah, I generally concur there. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, awkward when you don't see... Um, any any fans and you've got the um the the tarps basically covering the seats or you've got the uh Port Adelaide tarps. <laughs> the Port Adelaide. I thought yeah. Um or you've got uh, the you know, the false crowd noise or the the canned crowd noise. The Jensen buttons. It's yeah. nice to have um <laughs> it's nice to have real uh Crowd noise, even if um, you know it's twenty thousand ravenous uh, Collingwood fans. Oh, fans, yeah. Well, yeah. it beats a hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Victoria, so not too much of a change there, I guess. The game itself really, really rainy in the second half, especially. The Pies came into this game pulling out Mason Cox, a big man, so a tactical change and bring in Noble. Pretty smart. The changes that we thought occurred were bringing in Jordan Clark and bringing in Jack Stephen for the injured Mitch Duncan and Quentin Knuckle both with some hamstring injuries that did occur so mm-hmm. three votes there all yeah, round we, boys we picked, yeah, um, yeah we picked that we didn't pick a few more injuries that were to happen <laughs> we'll talk about that Selwood going down with a hammy Jordan Clark Shoulder. Very unfortunate. First game back. But the, the the game itself, a scrappy game, and we're used to scrappy games when they're wet at Cadenia Park. I feel like Geelong over the years, over the last 15 years, has thrived on wet weather games. Especially, I guess, playing interstate games. If you're playing Brisbane or if you're playing Sydney or one of the Western Australian or South Australian teams. But going to this game, I, I was... When I heard, okay, it's going to be a wet weather game, I thought, fantastic. Yeah, That's a plus to us. It really didn't show that throughout the game, and especially in the first quarter. I think the week before, my call was the game will be won or lost at the half-back line, whichever side it was. Mm -hmm. Throughout the first quarter, it was the contested ball, seemed to be won by the Pies. Freeze, however you see it. Josh Jenkins, I don't think they really marred the scoreline that much Mm -hmm. do you think that we presented ourselves well coming out of the blocks first quarter and the atmosphere it was oh look I don't think so I've got genuine concerns about the way we play sometimes on those bigger grounds you talk about playing those contested games and I guess the Gabba the SCG down here at Cadenia Park but those big open grounds mentioned it last week the MCG our record in the wet recently isn't great Optus Stadium haven't been there but have been told it is quite a wide ground so we've got issues there and definitely I think there were parts of our defence that looked a little bit worrying I'm a massive rap on Jordan Clark I loved his game up before he got injured he should be in the team every week when he's available for me I absolutely love him yeah he, he um, it's, it's just yeah very much a shame because you could see he was having a decent game and um, taking on a few players. Yeah, nice there. to. Yeah. He, his his finish was nice. He was very pumped up when he finished and and kicked the goal. You know we like that energy. Um, you know the fans feed off of that energy, even if it's at home. You're watching it on TV. You're loving it. Um, that's what you want to see. The players, you know, up and about for the game. Um, and just very. Yeah, very unfortunate that he's uh, put his body on the line or, or he's dived for a ball or, um, you know, there was a bit of a skirmish, I guess, near the, the boundary line and um, fell awkwardly and popped out. And I believe that's the first time he's done it. Correct. 
Um, so uh, it wasn't like a, an easy one to, you know, just pop back in and you continue playing. Mm. Um, it, it seemed like it was pretty, uh, pretty drastic and he did seem like he was in a fair bit of pain. Hoping that, uh, you know, given his relative young age, that, it, you know, this, uh, this will be just another a hiccup for him. But um, he'll come back when he's ready. May well be a few weeks but as Zach alluded to, we're a better team when he's in the squad. Hasn't been playing before the Collingwood game for a large number of reasons. One of those is because we've got such an array of good defenders. Mm. The Shark Mark O'Connor emerged last year. Zach Tui is playing well this year when he had been below par but year last year. Jake Collar-Jasney even... It was a struggle to kind of fit him in the team at the start of the year. And now you're seeing, okay, well, Lockie Henderson isn't being named as one of the emergencies. Um, this is Jordan Clark's re-emergence in the team and obviously back out. But we've seen Sam Simpson and even Parsons and Zach Guthrie play at the half-back line back in the time. So it's mm-hmm. a tough role, really, to play that then. That will be the, the new Zach Tui role, I think, that Clark emerges in. But fair play to him for even going into that con- contest because if I was high-fiving Brody Grundy, I'd end up in hospital. <laughs> um, I think it, in a way, it's a good injury to have. It's soft tissue injuries with yeah. young speedsters or half-back flankers yeah. who can really take off and run. Yeah, they're the dangers. They're but, the dangers, but this is, yeah. yeah, this is more... This is just like, it just seems like a contact injury and it's just hard contact. Although we can't, you know, that's, that seems rather speculative because we don't know of his uh, history with, with um, you know, injuries in, in general. All we can do is, I guess, be, be hopeful that it's not as serious as, as, as we thought. And he seemed in reasonable spirits after the game. You know, and and in less pain when it when it was uh, put in a sling and and everything. Just uh, you know, hope for a speedy recovery for him. Seems like we're getting the bad news out early here. I'll, you, I'll let you go on, Zach. But <laughs> along with that, Joel Selwood in the the second quarter coming out early second quarter coming out with a, a hamstring injury. Joel, I think he's only missed twenty games in his entire uh, career, over yeah. three hundred game career. The, the battle of the warrior <laughs> the continue even when the blood's coming out and then on top of that Gaz so there's three right there in one match spot on look Joel Selwood's like wine he just gets better with age doesn't he he's mm. one of the most durable players I've ever seen actually hardly, hardly misses you know you see him get knocked out and cuts and all sorts of things he just keeps on keeping on so they've said two to three week injury which probably sounds about right A for a hammy and B for someone his age I guess he's over 30 now so I think he oh, he stayed in Perth, I believe, just because of his leadership role. But I have been told Jordan Clark, I think, flown to the Gold Coast, I believe. They're still under the assumption that's where they'll go, which is probably the right thing given re, given his rehab. There's no not much point keeping him there. He's not in the leadership group yet. He's not going to play. So I think that's the right call. Gary Ablett, I did say this last week. Look, actually, personally, I didn't say this on the podcast, but I was surprised that he went at all. I didn't think he would have gone... But all credit to him for doing it. I don't think anyone's really going to criticise his decision for for coming back. His Not wife, his wife Jordan, posted a, a really touching Instagram picture of him and Levi's and at the airport. Yeah. And I think that picture alone sums up why he's come back. And mm-hmm. poor little fellas up at the children's hospital. And from what I've been told, the condition I can't remember. It's a very lengthy name. I can hardly read as it is. So I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Um, similar to MND, like Paul Neil Danaher's got it's just a de- degenerative thing that just gets worse and worse. So hearts go out to the three of them. You can't can't imagine what he's going through at the yeah, moment. There's, there's uh, obviously a fair bit of a bit, fair bit of hardship there, and um, you know it's when it comes to footy, it puts it into perspective. And obviously, he's he's made that decision and you can't you can't blame him at all for, for making such a call he'll, he'll be training with Andrew Mackey down at Geelong back here at Geelong and we'll see uh, Strings Mackey Strings Mackey yes <laughs> we'll, we'll see him yes. in a you know we'll see him in a, in a in a few weeks and hopefully 
all the best for, for the situation. Yeah, possibly a month out, I think, for Gaz yeah. has been the reports. Coming back into Hub with the 14-day, as you were saying, Zach, earlier, 14-day yeah. quarantine. So, I guess the one thing is there that, well, first off, if we don't make finals, the 18-game season as it is, seven games being played now, um, possibly four or five weeks down the track. If Gaz comes in, then, yeah, we'll, we may be seeing the last five, six games of Gary Ablett Jr.'s career. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's strange mm-hmm. to even criticise him this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to be his last year, knowing the battles that he's enduring off the field, yeah, mm-hmm. and even on the field, keeping professionally fit at over yeah. thirty six years old, yeah, still delivering um, with with um, you know high high performance. Yeah, I can I can see we're in the wink uh, right re- there. You're re- alluding to yeah, a sixty re- meter rega- goal, regardless yeah. of uh, regardless of any you know you know subjective commentary or anything along those lines. Um, Seven AFL. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's still he's still um you know he's he's still delivering a high high standard of performance, um even at you know the age of thirty six, which just shows the sheer quality of 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 the player, um but. Generally speaking, a a silver lining for this entire situation is it gives another younger player a serious opportunity now to stake a claim for you know position or you know basically uh, you know a chance to to kind of bang the door down and um, stake their claim or or make a statement and stay in the team. Who? Uh, who who comes in? Oh, yeah. um, We've got a lot of outs, so yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe interesting one. Well, maybe look if if Constable's going to come in at any time, this would be it. Surely, surely, at some point along you know the next couple of weeks, he has to get a go. I'm just sick of hearing people or sick of seeing you know the the. Complaints of him not getting a game, so I just want to see him. Let's see if he gets one. Um, Do you think he will? He looks at me there as he's saying, I'm sick of people looking yeah. for complaints. Now, I'll, I'll say what I said last week in this podcast Charlie Constable is not suited to this form of football. I'm not saying he's a good footballer, mm. not saying he's a good, he isn't a good footballer over 30 minutes in yeah. a quarter. Yeah, but in a sixteen-minute stoppage play, and that game in the wet, especially in the wet, where people were just kicking at it sometimes, just to yeah. get the ball yeah, yeah, for yeah. fifteen yeah, twenty exactly. minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's like really scrappy. A player who's quite relatively tall. Yeah. Hasn't quite built into his mould yet. Exactly. But is not fast at all. Whether it be tackling, whether it be acceleration, isn't fast. Is a contested ball winner, but isn't fast. We need speed in the centre clearances. And especially if you're getting dominated by Collingwood, one of the premiership favourites up there with Brisbane. Up Who there are fast, Port, by the way. Extremely fast. Mm-hmm. Charlie Constable, is compared to the players that we have at our disposal for that game, is not in there. Yeah. Yes, he was named in the emergency, and probably rightly so. We don't know yeah. the behind-the-scenes action. Yeah. Um, with the lack of VFL this season. So yeah. we can speculate all we want. But yeah. for me, no. And people mm. are up there saying, oh, the 17 other teams are licking their lips for the chook. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, with this format as it is, if we're in a twin premiership, which it seems we are, how we are playing, personnel that we're playing, mm-hmm. and how we're mm-hmm. playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. looks yeah, like the, we it's are. Like, it's like twin. that short term, the short term, you know, we're. we're Kind of stack the team a little bit, like the I'll, North Melbourne angle. I'll just disagree for a minute, just because you're, you're spot on with both of what you, with what both of you are saying. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me not one of the coaches, whether it's Chris Scott, whether it's Shane O'Brien, Nigel Lappin, or whoever, it's not in the back of their mind that they might be thinking, what Ronan said's right. He's not suited to the sort of game style that that's happening at the moment, where, where the matches. Oh, but, but, yeah. but they're not. But they're not thinking if we don't give this guy at least a game or two soon, well then he could walk. It's acknowledged that he's a talent. He's got his deficiencies as every player does. 
But do you think that hasn't crossed their mind in any way? Because it's strong rumours that St Kilda are having a real good look at him and they have got a bit of money. And also play. the Kangaroos as well. They looked at him last year. He want, hang on, he wants to win games. He's not going to I set my Foxtel box take Biggest Loser the other day, take all the North Melbourne games <laughs> instead. So it's a bit unfortunate. <laughs> I'm surprised nice. about very nice. and winning games still, though. <laughs> very <laughs> nice banter. Very nice banter. Now, um, but uh, it does raise a good point, and I think now is the perfect time to use Chook. Now, before we go into ins and outs, we've kind of dodged, <laughs> I guess, some individual performances from the game that we talked about last week in the previews. One being the centre clearances, one being the half-back, who's going to win. It seemed from the out of the blocks... The contested ball was won by the Pies. That's how yep. the first quarter led. We yep. stayed in it, and yep. for some strange reason, the Pies kicking a lot of behinds. Uh, I think it was a Cam Guthrie goal in the fourth quarter led to an eight, nine-point deficit with two, three minutes on the stoppage to go, and we were still in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up until some late Jordan Degoe goals. Mm-hmm. A bag of fire from Degoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest night for Blitz to look back on in the highlights reel for him. Mm-hmm. In the centre there, there was a key point you raised, Zach, which yeah. was Darcy Ford's next three weeks, and including the week that just has been. Yes. Now, he's just come up against Brody Grundy, who had, I think, 46 hit-outs, mm-hmm. and... An, just a casual 17 disposals on top yeah. of that for how did he rate his performance and we're talking about Reese in the sidelines here he's yeah. still getting fit he's still recovering from his injury yeah look he, he he was beaten no doubt about it but again you, you're talking about who the player who in my eyes is your All-Australian Ruckman like I said last week I've got him ahead of Max Gorn, but I would be playing him regardless. Even if Reece Stanley was in, I'd be playing because you you learn more from the floggings and the defeats, as funny as that sounds, than than when you win. That's so yeah, that's he, absolutely he is going to learn, yeah, gospel. He's going to learn so much over the next three weeks. In fact, that's Brendan McCartney that that said that you learn more from when you get beaten than than when yeah, you're winning. For sure, for sure. And again, um, even if he get who we play, is it West Coast this week or is it? It's Fremantle. Fremantle. Fremantle, Fremantle on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So if he can break even, maybe get a win this week, good. And then again, he's got Nick Nat the other week. Mm. This isn't the time to be bringing up his deficiencies all the time. It's about just keeping his confidence up, saying, you know what, we're not expecting Keep the work from away. him. You're not an established rock. You know, he, he's aware of where he's at. This is a time to learn and hone your craft, so to speak. Brad exactly. Ottens is over there with them as the ruck coach. I'm sure he'd be doing some work with him. Yeah. But yeah. I'm impressed. You know, he kept his head up the whole time. It's easy to drop your head when you're getting, when you're getting beaten. So it's all part of the... The process. I I mentioned Tim English quite a lot a year or two ago before I left, and you've seen how his form's starting to coming down. He yeah. had some. He got flogged in the first year or two, so it's all it's all in that same process. Yeah, he'll be better yeah. for the run. Exactly. Exactly. I you know I I'm quite bullish about Darcy Ford. Actually, um, I've mentioned in previous episodes. Um, he's a, he's around the ground. Um, work is is decent. Um, sometimes when the ball's below the knees, you know, he's a, um, he's uh, not necessarily comfortable. But what Ruckman is when the ball's on the ground and you're over, you know, six foot six, trying to bend down and pick it up when you've got midfielders around you. Exactly, um, yeah. On their days, Brody Grunny. <laughs> on their days, Ron Marshall. On their days... ROB, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and look, take nothing away from Brody Grundy, he's a super player. Yeah, oh, he's a super player. Yeah, unbelievable. Apart from his haircut, he's a <laughs> <laughs> um, just to, I mean, just quickly to to go back to Chuck Constable because mm. we like to discuss Charlie. Um, thoughts on his general body shape and whether that's suited for. You know the the uh, the midfield. Is he too lean or too too um, thin at the moment? He was talked about. We I think we've said this before. He was talked about as being he could build into that almost the Patrick Cripps mold. Mm-hmm. Being same height, mm-hmm. could be same frame. Yeah, but it's going to take that time. Is that, 
It's think, a sl- is a late bloomer with his. They previously joked. I think it was um, Ling Yinko that he's got the worst rig <laughs> in the squad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is going to take time, and yeah. whether even that real build does come on or not. Mm-hmm. For me, right now, the state of the game and the way it's been pushed by Gary Hocking, um, irrelevant of the 18-game, the 16-game stoppage quarters, mm-hmm. the intensity factor, mm-hmm. looking at 2019, 16 minutes, mm-hmm. I think that doesn't suit Chuk. I think that he is, yeah, a 30-minute player per quarter. It, yeah, that, when the game slows him. down and when exactly. players get tired. Yeah. You know, he, he's... Is he almost like a, a, a Cameron Ling in the sense that he can just keep going, just keep plugging along? Um, you know, Cameron Ling was never never particularly fast, but just ran all game, ran all quarter. I think after Ed Kerner now, is Cameron Ling, your ability to just mm. have the stamina keep going. But no, it's you need you do need that burst, whoever you are. If you're yeah. playing in the Senate, you need the burst. So my worries with Gaz being out is if... One of the players who has been playing in the centre or on the wing then gets put into the Gaz role, a.k.a. Brandon Parfit, who I've loved seeing in the centre because of his energy bursts, his ability, mm-hmm. being a small player, to his flexibility, switch around. Yeah. Sam Menegola's had an outstanding year. Mm-hmm. Are you going to tell me that you're going to put him at half forward now and change his role? After seven rounds, mm-hmm. when he's probably been our best player this season, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and Sam Simpson, you can't take him out now with any amount of injuries. He didn't have a bad game, didn't see much of it, only oh, into the good. 12 disposals. But, uh, oh, oh, yeah, actually, he had grimaces Compared there. To, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask the Sam look, Simpson fan club. You would microwave your membership <laughs> Compared to the breakout game, it was obviously... Um, Remind not, us of the breakout yeah, game. Not, uh, you know, compared to the twenty-seven disorders. I haven't heard about this. Have you heard about this? <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, we didn't harp on about it uh, quite enough last, we? last week. Um, no, or, don't or, don't or maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't. Um, <laughs> maybe, but <laughs> maybe, yeah. But um, look, he, yeah, he he didn't have a shocker, but he definitely wasn't, um, you know, anywhere near. Best on ground, but he wasn't alone. I mean, there's other players that that had. Um, I thought he played reasonably. Yeah, I thought I just he was, didn't see. Yeah, that he much didn't see it much, because that much. Of it was stuck at a half back line. Yeah, and it was just a very a bit, yeah. yeah, just a very Extremely scrappy, scrappy game. Yeah. Um, Twelve disposals. We went. We went particularly clean um, with our with our ball movement, but um, in com- well, by comparison, Collingwood. Um, their transition seemed much more fluid. Are we able, a couple of are times. We able to stop complimenting Collingwood? I'm getting chills. <laughs> <laughs> their disposal efficiency wasn't fantastic, as was ours below par off season. But yeah, the real kicker low. was yeah, the inside fifties, forty six to thirty one, and when you're putting up those numbers in that comparison, that really pretty much ticks at all <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it was Collingwood State irrelevant of free kicks irrelevant of Razor Ray irrelevant of hit outs clearances were quite similar strangely 39 to the Cats to 41 to the Pies when watching the first half and you would have thought well geez, that Collingwood had really all over us yeah. same for stoppage clearances as well um, contest, contested possessions and uncontested possessions they went Pies way but aside from that it was really just for me the fast breaks Getting caught over the top, one v ones to goey, mm-hmm. and the willingness to get it forward, yeah, at all costs, yeah. I'm not sure. I'll put this to you, Zach. Is yep. the way that we've been playing, and I'll put this in past seasons and yeah, now, out from the back. Sometimes in kind nice, of yeah, nice. This point. worked in 2018 from memory. I think we beat them quite comfortably over. About yes, we did. 30 points, it was at the MCG. Yep. Yep. And we played really slow and really methodical. Mm, yeah. It was a low-scoring game. And this was in the rain, so very different. But do you think that that has gone out the window now, that slow, methodical approach, or that there are times during that match where we could have adopted, we should have adopted that? Or was that first half, the way we played, it just it, it seemed we'd get the ball at half-forward, 
we'd kick it long down the wing. We'd hope for a stoppage and to get it forward somewhere. Or yeah, I think look, I, I think we've seen that we can either play that slow and methodical style or more that open open style like we were used to seeing right at the end of the noughties, I guess. But I think you're often criticised when you do play that slow sort of methodic style. So I think that would weigh on the coach's mind. No doubt they'll do whatever it takes to win. But I think every team's got to be flexible. You've seen teams can change their game styles, change their positions very quickly given the shorter quarters and what have you. So I think that stop, I think that slow methodical style is the way to beat Collingwood. Deny them the footy, keep it in our possession as much as we can. No doubt they would have tried to do that, but as much as it pains me to say, Collingwood were just too good for us and they didn't let us play the way that we, we wanted to yeah, play. Yeah, generally like to play. Now, do you think that... Uh, I mean, this is, yeah, this this slow, methodical style, is it particularly easy to flick the switch, you know, and go from slow, methodical to explosive and fast? I think it would be. I mean, they, they seem to train for all sorts of different scenarios without knowing for certain. I'd be willing to say that they would, would I guess, come out and say, well, look, well, we're going we're gonna to opt for the slow, methodical approach, but... If need be, maybe the runner's the one that gives the call. Who knows? But they may just say, right, well, we're going to go to plan B. And then all of a sudden, the game plan can change. So that's what I'm willing to think they would they would do. Yeah. It would be, uh, be hard I, to believe they'd go in for a game just saying, well, we're going to play this one way. Yeah, and, and, and we're never going to change. Yeah. I mean, can't do that. I mean, I mean, that was shown through dangers. He had a kick. He was set up on the wing. Kick through the centre. It was quite a risky kick that ended yeah. up in a turnover that led to a Collingwood goal. Yeah. But... It was actually a, a worthwhile kick because if that oh, mark had been taken, then it would have been straight high inside risk, high goal. Yeah. Sort of, mm. sort of mm. kick, yeah. yeah, when you are down by that deficit and when you do need to get back in the game, you take the centre route as opposed to well, that's going I mean, out the wings. You don't want to play like you don't want to play like Hawthorne or North. I mean, that they they're conservative, but you don't get anything. You've got to take risks to win the game. Yeah, if that yeah. kick comes off, well, who knows what could have happened that didn't, but. I'd still be saying we'll keep doing it. Yeah. You've got nothing to lose, you need to play to win. Speaking yeah. of Moggs Creek, 32 disposals. <laughs> Cam Guthrie, who for me with Sam Manigola have been the two players of the story of the season for me, mm. really. We caught him the whipping boy last year, Cam Guthrie, 28 disposals. He's been phenomenal this year. Jack Stephen. Came back building into the team slowly. I tell you, he's, he's getting building better. slowly, but I honestly don't know what he's building into. Yeah, and I don't think anyone really knows because no. I don't think anyone knows his top speed. I don't think anyone knows how he's at the contest mm. full brunt on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, when, he, when he's because well, well, we've never well. I mean, only Saints fans would know, wouldn't they? And and that's like a few years ago now. So yeah, maybe he's not when he's twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, but um. This, I, I don't know, maybe it's me just being, you know, an idealist. You can see things, you can you can see it slowly happening, it's just... Can you? I, well, I feel as if, yeah, I think he was better than he was. I think this game, for for extended patches, he was better than previous weeks. Hang on, hang on. Look, I know we, we gave up bugger all to getting, what, a 50-something mm-hmm. pick. But look, in an essence, if you're drafting someone who, I think he's 30, not 29, it's clearly mm-hmm. saying, well, you're playing yeah. for the now, you're not... You're not recruiting this guy to develop in, into something. Yeah. I, I was quite surprised that they rested him because, again, you're not talking about a 19-year-old kid who you're saying, well, he's on a journey like Darcy Ford. This mm-hmm. is someone you've recruited to win your games right now. Mm-hmm. So for me, unless there's a real issue, he's not rested. He's, either, he's either injured, he's dropped, or he plays. It's got to be one of those three. And I, there, I do, just, there does I, seem to be... Well, there does seem to be self-evident fitness issues. Well, Clint, well he's got um, the... You know the Richardson or Lance Whitnell. You know, yeah, like he's yeah. There's, on a, the there's a bit of there's a bit of a, there's a bit of the spare tire going. I mean, but I'm, um, I'm not going to lecture him because I've got a bigger gut than he has. <laughs> but it, you know, I'm not paid what Start six figures Bruce. to play footy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's body shame on now. <laughs> and, and, and look, I mean, he's still an elite athlete, obviously. Yeah, but. You would have concerns, I mean, just by looking at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Locking in the gym with you all. (laughs) Yeah, but look, he's not playing in the guts, which is one of the stranger things for me when you are seeing players like Parfit and the younger players playing in the guts, Quinton Narkle, Parfit, who have come through the VFL system. So one of the 
full-time best and fairest for the Saints. I'm not pumping up Saints as a, a great club over the last decade. <laughs> um, Sorry. But still, to finish, he's come into the game and that means he's fit. He's able to play Collingwood, yeah. high-pressure outfit. He's fit. Yeah. I'm sorry, he's fit. Um, if he's not fit, play one of the emergencies. Simple mm. as that. 16 disposals for Sir Jack Stephen on the night. Um, six tackles, four clearances. Not much in the guts. Uh, a lot of that on the wing. Yeah. Um, trying to go inside 50. We didn't have much of the ball towards our forward half, so a lot of it was towards our half back, unfortunately. Mm. So on a different day, different team played against maybe Fremantle, we can speculate. But until we see it real, those numbers, I want close to... Close to 20. Close to mid, 10 mid tackles 20, or mid, close to... 20 disposals, yep. mid-20s. Like I, a game-breaking performance. We're yet to see that. I can yeah. I can understand that we're yet to see that. But, you know, maybe it is me just being yeah, the idealist and... and, and uh, anticipating that it might that you know anticipating something that maybe isn't there i don't know yeah why did we recruit him we recruited him to play games so yeah, yeah. and again yeah. And, and i mean look we, we're here to be a bit critical and judge but again that this is someone you've recruited for now for this year next year maybe the year after that like you want results yeah now. and it was it's, it seemed sort of it seemed now. to be it seemed to be a uh you know, one of these bargain basement type deals for what Nick Rewalt said. Like he needs to enjoy playing football. Like that that was his solution to mm-hmm. any concerns. That he's just got to enjoy playing football. And it was coming down here. You know, his family are down in Lawn. You know, a lot of it seems to be quite personal. I guess sort of off. Yeah, off the field. But I think you'll see people not not with mental health issues, but with issues that are off the field. You might see them being a lot more conservative, taking them on. Will it be a mistake? Well, who knows? Yeah. Well, this is yeah, this is all speculative. But for for for, for time for the time being, we can only go off of the results he's delivering, or the you know the matches he's 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 played thus far. And um, yeah, and I think that's how the the common fan sees it as Jack Stephen, originally based in Geelong. Comes back to Geelong as at similar frames, lots of players, Oggy Anderson, Dangerfield. I mean, a half our squad we put out, well, I think the Channel 7 even said T, t- 10 um, Geelong TAC players. Yeah, yeah correct. Right. Weekend, which was a record, yeah. um, including one of the Collingwood players. Yeah. So it, there is that coming home factor, and it's shown because half our team is originally based from yeah. the Geelong region. Um, Gary Rowan as well a lot of our, our, our recruiting over the last couple of years and even yeah. further than that has been in that regard so but for me I, we're yet to see him in the guts Correct. and if he's won four being being F's at St Kilda he's won those through the guts you can't yeah. tell me he's won those without being in the guts no, so why he isn't he in the guts at the moment especially when the contested counts in the first half we're being obliterated. I know we fixed that up in the second half mm. and Matthew Knott's made some, maybe made some tinkers there. But when you see players like Brandon Parfit or even Sam Simpson more likely to go into the guts, you have to make that question. You have to. Yeah, yeah. why, why isn't he being put in there? Yeah. So it, it was a strange one because we saw most of the ball down back. So we saw a lot of the ball with the likes of Buse fisting out, uh, yeah. Jack Henry... Making some fists, blitz. Yeah. And didn't have the greatest night, um, and for that reason, Hawkins and Sab didn't see much up forward. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really Harry Taylor's night to stand up, and Mark O'Connor's and Grant Myers' night to try and find scraps, even though the ball didn't quite bounce to him on a yeah, lot of occasions. There was, there was, yeah, there was um, one or two moments when he he could have uh, could have grabbed the ball, but he went to punch it or went to you know make make a a tap for open space and it didn't quite come off he had a bit of an off night I think that's pretty self-evident mm. um, but we don't really have someone that's of a similar mould to him so it doesn't seem well, as if yeah, well, you wouldn't drop a player after one off night either would mm. you you'd be mm. pretty hard pressed to do that mm. yeah which leads us I guess going into Fremantle predicting the amounts of outs we have before that, the amount of injuries that we've sustained over the last fortnight, recently, 
Kennedy Clowder getting in contact with none other than the great Paul Ruse. I just asked Paul what Wandy's thoughts on the state of the game were, given everything that's happened, shorter quarters, etc. So Paul Ruse, his comment back Paul Ruse, was... yeah. So first of all, yeah, he just said some surprise at all the noise around the game. The players had no pre-season. They can't train as a team together. The quarters are 20 to 30 minutes shorter. There's lots of injuries. You've got the travel, the hubs, the quarantine periods, all those things. We should just appreciate the effort that they're all putting in. It's such an unusual year. Yeah. I think he's pretty spot on there. Putting in perspective. Putting putting in in the... Yeah, putting in the the effort, I guess, to keep the season going. Um, Because it quite easily could have been abandoned yeah. at some point. You know, there, there's even discussion as to, as to, or, you know, you, you could make an argument that, that perhaps at times it ought to have been um, postponed or, or abandoned. But, but this is the situation um, we're in and it seems to be working for the moment. They're going to unveil, you know, the fixtures... Um, week by week or fortnight by fortnight it seems and they're going to do the uh, what is it the 19 straight days of yeah, correct of games yeah before yeah sorry before we move on just want to say thank you to Paul as well he was really accommodating we spoke for a little bit he seems like a really nice person really really accomplished coach so it was really good to get oh, someone of his calibre contributing so big thank you to Paul there absolutely legend of the of the game generally more to come hopefully next week from a few others as well. We'll see how we go. Nice one. Thank yeah. you, Paul Ruiz. Thank you. Noting that, it, it is strange though because one of the things that he did point out in that comment was injuries mm. and the stoppages along with that. And we've talked about the increased intensity, the increased speed. We've talked all about Chuck Constable and his role or his lack of role. And now a struck over less than 10 days, I think. Yeah. Less than 14 days, sorry. Four injuries. Mitch Duncan, hamstring. So, soft tissue injury. Yeah. Quinton Narkel, soft tissue in- injury, hamstring. Joel Selwood, soft tissue, hamstring. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Clark is... The shoulder. The obvious shoulder. one, the shoulder. So, not quite in that realm. But mm-hmm. we've got four blows there and they're the four key players. Mm-hmm. Three of those would be three key midfield players. Quinton Narkel's played in the guts. Duncan, mm-hmm. although he doesn't quite... Uh, playing the guts of sorts, he dictates the tempo of the play, and he's really and the, yeah, the, the he's he's the a quarterback. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's a he's a he's conductor, a conductor. Sorry, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's or he orchestrates the play. You're right. He's the he's a connection from midfield to forward that we were missing, or that we often miss when he's not playing. Mm-hmm. You look at the other guys like Five Stunnies Hammy as well. Probably shouldn't have played. Good for us because he won't play this week. Jack Zebel did his Hammy as well. I think. Ben Cunnington was another soft tissue injury as well, so this isn't just a unique Geelong issue. And I think, as Paul said, just you got shorter quarters, pace of the game, your hubs, and all that. No, no doubt that'd affect your preparation, whether they'd have the adequate facilities available all the time, like they would here. I mean, all all of these things, it, it would throw everything out right out of whack. Yeah, mm-hmm. routines and things are probably not as um, well managed. But, but I mean, you think about possibly. it, like like joke. Jokes aside, you take a team like um, Melbourne's probably a good example. Melbourne do most of their training out at Casey Fields in between Amy Park and the MCG. Mm-hmm. They would probably feel basically right at home because they're, I think they're up at the Gold Coast and a lot of their training is done in a similar environment. Whereas you take a team like, say, Collingwood that just has everything, you know, God knows you know, what they have. Yeah, with you know, the uh, Centre. Right out of whack. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right. And you have teams like that, but where the facilities are absolutely first class, but then if you don't have that all the time... Yeah. Yeah, that's, all, that's, a, that's a fair point. Things. That's a fair point, you know. That comes into consideration for sure. Mm. Definitely, yeah. So we're talking about five outs at the moment, and that's including Gaz that we've talked about before. Yeah. Insert here. For me, not knowing the players that ready to play uh, I Tom Atkins etc if they're fit or if they're still being tested yeah. Stanley but knowing the ones that are ready Fogarty yeah. get him in mm-hmm. um, Chook this is your week mm-hmm. yeah. let's see no Fife so let's see what you have to produce 
and it should be a good contest and I think it's a right contest against Freo because you're not up against a high, high pressure team, a Brisbane, a Collingwood, uh, a Port, um, a Melbourne of 2018. You're going to be up against kids. They're one of the youngest teams in the comp, I think third or fourth youngest. So, yeah. But they're, you know, they're, they're going to be uh, one of these honest battling sides and they've got, you know, they might come with a come to the ground with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove you, you know still, still you've still got quality players in there Mike, yeah Michael Walters yeah Walters like yeah. That. yeah exactly so there's two there that I think that were named in the emergencies oh yeah so fair enough yeah Zach Guthrie also named in the emergency there's a case that he could play somewhere mm. I guess if Jordan Clark is out we need yeah. a, a backman or a swingman mm. um Maybe he comes in. Um, Parsons has been floated in the emergencies to do a job on Frio. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in the half-back line, knowing mm-hmm. his height, a little yeah. bit more able to play on a specific tall if needed. Um, so there's a couple right there. There's a three or four right there that we've just named. Uh, Lockie Henderson, a few weeks back, Chris Scott was wanting to play and mm. was alluding to that they'd have him back in the team not the right game with Fife out and maybe the lack of tools with Fife out f- with Frio yeah I think maybe the lack of lack of tools and with a young team you know they're going to be quick and they are a quick team anyways so having another a strong bodied high marking but a slow player probably not the right game mm. For, Lock- for Lockie, I think he'd probably be more suited to West Coast. I think you've got Kennedy and Darling. They're, they're a bit of a bigger, bigger body to taller team. I'd be resting him up and maybe looking into looking to play him in that one. The other two we haven't mentioned, aside from the injured players or the the players that we assume are injured, unless yeah. noted differently, Francis Evans was named as an emergency. Young Ford and the Cats. So, oh. Yeah, uh, I just, uh, you know, you just like these these Smokies and it's a Wells special. I just, you know, I, I look, I, I, I don't have much of an inside word on, on the type of player he is or anything, but um, it's just, it's just interesting that, that a player that you don't hear much of on the, the training track or anything like this, suddenly he's been thrusted into... You know the possibility of being was he on the emergencies? Yeah, yeah. Who would have predicted that? He's obviously done something that has impressed the coaches. There's obviously something there. Rough diamond prospect, uh, goal kicker. I, I'm on. Yeah, I I just I like these. Uh, yeah, the Smokies or the unusual picks that um, that possibly turn into future players that uh, that develop and, and, and do well. How does the Sam Simpson fan club feel about this now? <laughs> <laughs> Any oh. feelings toward <laughs> Is he going to take more? Um, well, look, I, I don't know if... Um, I've, I've, I've not really seen much of uh, Evans at all, as I said. Just hearing some of the um, the intel on, on, on his... Um, his uh, short career or the you know, large bags of goals from minimum games in one of the, I think it was in a, a Metropolitan League yeah, or Metropolitan some, some, League, yeah, something yeah, along those yeah. lines and a complete out of the blue selection. So, you know, there's there's obviously something there and I trust in the wizardry of Stephen Wells to um, to have picked another one. Let's see, who, who knows when he gets his chance, but... Um, it'll be exciting for for the fans if and when he gets his chance because um, yeah it's it's this this a brand new player that nobody really knows much about you know he he, he could turn into sure something could, yeah, yeah could could you, you have absolutely no idea yeah. so he could turn into something. What I will say with the, the amount of players being out, regardless of who is to come into the team, there's a lack of inside guts in those mids there. Mm. Jack Stephen has to play in the guts. We can't have him outside and the likes of Sam Simpson floating in. If he's Jack Stephen, as a 30-year-old, as you say, Zach, and been around in 4B&S, he has to play in the guts against Freo for me. 
Correct. And that's a no-brainer. Yeah. With the amount of kids that we've got surrounding him, insert lucky. And he's a bigger body, so he would probably be suited to playing against these kids because he'd be yep. able to. Yeah, and if you're not, then all right. Well, there's an issue there, and we'll move around that, and we'll, yeah. we'll sort around that. Navigate, yeah. But he has to for me. The other one that fans are going to ask that we have to address: Nikai Kakatu. <laughs> I've got it on pretty good authority from someone at the club that unless there's a big turnaround in his injury prognosis, that he'll be let go at the end of the year. Wow. And look, we could talk, we've spoken about this before. No, no one's standing his talent. I mean, there's a bit of a broken record, but he's a top 10 pick. We all know this Dangerfield has huge wraps on him has since he arrived. But at the end of the day... If he's not getting on the park, we could argue, well, you need to move on to someone else. As harsh as that may sound, but it's yeah. a harsh, yeah. it's a harsh industry sometimes. That's but, right. Um, yeah, I've got that on pretty good authority from someone at the footy club. Jeez, which would be a shame. Yeah, mm. but we'll see what happens with that. You'd be a bit worried if he wasn't at least getting on the emergency list in, in the next couple of weeks. Mm. The good thing is that there will be players coming back. The bad thing is that they're not inside mids, yeah. guts players. So yeah. Tom Stewart, Tom Atkins, they look like they'll be coming back yeah. soon. Um, even Josh Jenkins won't be too far away. We haven't even seen him in the hoops no, yet. No. I know we've got a lot of tall forwards still as it stands, so we maybe don't need Josh Jenkins in the squad right now, but it's still another player yeah. in the squad to fill. The thing is this week is that, yeah, the, the lack of truly inside guts mids will show the minutes that Danger plays, the minutes that Cam Guthrie plays, mm. they'll be really telling. Yeah. Um, does Sam Manigola, does he play in the guts yeah. all the time? Parfit. Uh, and where does Jack Stephen play? That'll be an interesting take for me. Got to, got to play in the guts. Yeah. This As, could be, I reckon this could be a bit of a line in the sand game. Again, don't, don't want to seem like we've got a vendetta against him or something like that, but if he plays in the guts, say, for the majority of the game, I mean, if he's not getting at least... 15 touches, I think you got worries. Not saying you'd drop him, but I think maybe alarm bells might start ringing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think that's a fair call. Because, I mean, really, an average disposal an average disposal for a mid is more than 15, really. It's 20 or more. Yeah. For a good and, and You'd rather yeah. blood some young kids. Fogarty, for example, or... Yeah, but yeah. possibly. Look, you want to give Stephen every chance. Again, you've invested on him to perform right now you want to give him every chance but then there does come the point when again you're playing a bunch of kids who are talented but they're not physically ready mm. so yeah and they've got similar players like David Mundy who's a, a veteran yeah, now who's still producing some good games but yeah. they've had to move into a different position to accommodate him yeah similarly yeah. to exactly what we did right. with Gaz last year yeah. Yeah. with Fife out which is a massive, massive out for for them mm. um, I don't think it'll be too much of an ask to us to go against yeah oh, Frio in the guts yeah, oh, so should, we should win this game I think really. we should win this game and if not then we'll be probably assessing maybe 2020 finals chance yeah. premiers chance yeah. if we if we do have a loss after this yeah, yeah we'll um, have to reassess I would I think it'll be interesting Zach as you say seeing yeah. Darcy Fort against Sean Darcy in the ruck yeah. going from Grundy to Darcy yeah, yeah. This, this is a chance for for, uh, for Fort to potentially um, have more of a an impact because he'll be up against a player that's not quite of the quality of of Grundy, obviously, still a talented ruckman, nonetheless. Yeah, and he's a big, definitely. He's a, we were chasing, and he's a he's a big body as well. Yeah, he's a, another Geelong boy. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah, but it, but um, I, I think he'll have to exploit him around the ground. He's not going to be able to physically match it because Dar- uh, Sean Darcy's a a big guy. Mm. So no doubt he'll be looking to exploit him probably around the ground, get some disposals, maybe. And 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 the corresponding game last year, Darcy had a. A fairly good game. He did. Um, he you did. know, he, he he kind of monstered. Um, he did Geelong a little bit. And I, th- I think in his defence, I mean, we're comparing him to Brody Grundy last week and then Nick Nandui last week. He is a good ruckman, maybe not quite to that caliber, but still a, a first choice ruckman with limited him. AFL games under his belt. Limited so AFL games. Yeah. Bit of a Mumford type mould. Mm. Generally yeah. speaking. Oh, yeah. ooh, we won't talk. I'm not. I'm not speaking. 
off the oh off no the field. Not, not, not at all obviously <laughs> obviously totally on field um, when it comes to to, to Shane Mumford. <laughs> all right. That's your cue to move on there, yeah, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on. Oh, no. But I think this game, yeah, if we do lose this, then we'll be asking questions about 2020. We'll yeah. be looking at it in its totality, I guess, really. Gaz's last year, um, the inability to see Gary Ablett Jr. perform at Kidney Park in person for one last time. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, what, what is a strange year... It's fantastic for fans just to be back at the games. Um, I know they're cheaper tickets, but just to be back at the games and yeah. seeing them. And I think that is the one thing because it provides a sense of normality to people's lives, something to look forward to. Oh, the Cats are playing in two, three days um, and a bit of hope, yeah. which yeah. is generally what... <laughs> it kind of, yeah, you kind of need to find something, uh, you know, some sort of... Uh, purpose or hope or meaning or something in, in these uh, strange and unprecedented times. So you're hoping for Sam Simpson and Jack Stephen to get over 20 <laughs> next week? Yeah, is yeah. That, well, that, that would be unprecedented, wouldn't it? Um, well, for time being, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, look, I think Jolin can win. Yeah. Um, and I'm just hope, hoping that they, uh, that, you know, the, the right sort of Geelong turns up because we can be an inconsistent team at, at, at times. Yeah, first quarter will tell, Zach. Fair call, or...? Yeah, I think so. Look, if they're fair dinkum, they'll, they'll come out and stamp their authority. If you have a good enough quarter, as we saw in the Brisbane game, you can not coast through, but you can set up that little buffer and just get through to the end. So hopefully yeah. they can do that. They're going to have about 20,000 there, so you've still got a limited crowd noise, I guess, to deal with. Not Probably not to the extent of West Coast, but nonetheless, they'll need to get a good start and sort of equalise that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sort of touching on a slightly different topic, you talk about people at the game. I read today that they're looking at shifting games to Hobart and Lawn System, which would make perfect sense. But what a great win for the people of Tassie. Like they're the most passionate footy people. We Not to have a team. we got a lot of family friends down there and they just they live and breathe it. They really do. A lot of them will go to the Hawthorne matches even though they don't support Hawthorne, but they go because they just want to see live footy in footy, any yeah. way that they can get. So I'd be saying, you know, forget Gold Coast. and <laughs> Well, they're in RL states. Yeah, yeah. They are. Like yeah. they, they'll jump on Brisbane when they win and Gold Coast when they win, but their hearts will always be with yeah. the Broncos Generally, in Brisbane. I... I, I, I agree Tassie are sure. they're great people in, in Tassie and they, they love their footy they should be getting priority first forget having the grand final the Gabber or Metricon or any of that yeah well look um, it's it's unfortunately it's not a fan based decision you know it's it's the corporate based de- decision or you know and and that that angle of 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 the uh the national game or wanting well, it to to be expanded well, don't, to don't, don't you think it's it's awful at the idea of actually having the grand final in Queensland, <laughs> um, in AFL state with it. Like I mean, I know the premier... there was wasn't there a wasn't there a um there was an article with the front page of the West Australian yeah. I think it was like I mean the, yeah. the WA premier Mark whatever his name is he's been a, he's been a, he's been a, he's been a it's a good last name yeah, yeah he, he's been a tote I won't say the word I use today but yeah he's been a bit of a bit of a child about some of the things he said he's certainly gone offside on Steve Hocking and people like that I mean had he done it a bit better I mm. guess you know sort of. WA people I think they should separate from the rest of the country but anyway mm. if he had been a bit more mature about it I think we'd all be saying well it's a, a no brainer if we can't have it at the MCG WA is a footy state it's a brand new modern stadium we should go there but I think that's changed it up a bit yeah it's and that's this is the kind of this this is another kind of off field state of the game type issue I guess that, that you know won't go away immediately and, and, and will probably be talked about well and surely for the remainder of the year. Yeah, if I'm the AFL, just putting on a different hat, yeah. I don't want the team. I don't want any games played in Tassie this year at all. Too much hassle, too much hub setting up there, um, setting up around the stadium where the facilities are going to be. But for the fans, yeah, I'd love to see that. If that, mm. if I'm putting on the AFL's hat, no chance. Yeah, no like, chance. Y- no for the chance. Oh, no chance yeah. at all. <laughs> 
given Romant- the size of the ground. Romanticism, romanticism, yeah, yeah but like pragmatism and, and from as a, a fan, yeah. I want to see it played in the NT. I want an NT team. Agreed. Uh, I want Absolutely. a Tassie team. I agree with that. Twenty teams, bang, yeah. done. Yeah, we finished it. As yeah. AFL, no. We've yeah. already trialled China. It didn't work. We've we've found out that basketball and soccer and other codes are growing faster grassroots. Yeah. And really, and it's an AFL Cats podcast, but it, there is a co-argument that this is the dying sport in Australia. Mm. And it's really the Victorian sport. And you look elsewhere, and even southeast Melbourne and southeast past there, down all the way to the Wanjim Peninsula way. It's all basketball is the yeah. trend. Kids what, are playing soccer, and I tell you what is coming out of Australia: those producers, mm. and what will come. It's harder to field an AFL stadium than it is to get a soccer ball and kick it on the road, or to mm. get a basketball and shoot it in a trash can. Yeah, it's just harder. Yeah, it's harder game to teach. It's harder game to learn. It's a harder game to sell. You need goalposts. Yeah, you need goal. Oh well, you can use jumpers, but but like. Yeah, I understand. From that grassroots level, you need the goalposts. Yeah. Well, I think we're going back a little bit to probably Something early, early discussions that we've had regarding state of the game and expansion, potentially, <laughs> and yeah. uh, Gold Coast that I think we envisioned back in episode one or episode four, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah very so, yeah. early in the podcast, but yeah, this is, which, which just shows you that this has been an ongoing discussion point that we've had Look, I'll tell you what the AFL would love nothing more than that the grand final on Metricon Stadium yeah agreed it'd be, yeah, it'd be very... the, Gold, the Gold Coast is their you know sick little puppy yeah. that so, <laughs> the much, baby, so yeah. much money into it the baby I guess Yeah. in terms yeah. of your PR they would love nothing more. I mean the game exactly you, you, you sh- you, you're showcasing that this is yeah. not a Victorian game yeah. even yeah. though it is yeah. yeah you're showcasing that this is not a Victorian game you're having it at large Large stadium, large, yeah. larger amount of revenue, yeah. uh, more clubs there. That's it. Compared to the Gabba, where really, yeah, as you say, it's the NRL. Look, that, that's it. Look, the, I've been to the Gabba, and it's a great ground, but it is quite dated. You see the cricket have left it out, I think, for this summer, so I think it's sort of been left in the past. Metricon Stadium, it's a new sort of style. It's a modern ground, as I said, for PR. They would just be dying to have have it there I mean if they could even play one final there then I reckon they'd be happy with that mm. Mm. that's so this is definitely something that will be coming up as I mentioned just uh, you know briefly just before it's obviously something that's going to be lingering around um, and, and it's going to be coming up you know come finals later in the year this is going to be something that that is discussed at length I would think but for now we're just uh, yeah just touching on it but then moving on yeah, exactly. And with playing Sav and Hawkins and the height of Gary Rowan, let's hope for maybe a sunny day. Come Monday. <laughs> <laughs> for a bit more high scoring and yeah. a bit less scrappy. Yeah. So, what, what are they called? The Fremantle Doctor over there, don't they? <laughs> so, the wind, yeah. Yeah, the wind, yeah. Yeah, I want to see... Um... I want to see some more explosive sprinting from Gary Rowan. I think the weather's meant to hold, not not be too not too wet, not too dry. I think we'll win by five goals. Yeah, I'm. Thank you, James. I'm hopeful. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopeful for a. I'm hopeful for a. Um, yeah, a, a, at least a more comfortable game because we haven't had many comfortable games this year. I've been. No, it's Geelong style to win uncomfortably. Yeah, yeah. Lose it, lose up. We we love to win uncomfortably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love to create some yeah yeah some, some chaos, chaos out yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stole the world. Yeah, you're, right you're just watching Sam Simpson the whole. Got player cam. Yeah, wasn't that's it. <laughs> All he's been sending emails left, right, and centre to, to Fox Sports to get the. Yeah. the yeah, press green for yeah. Sam Simpson. We're yeah. <laughs> asking you to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, I hope he has a good game. All right. I was hoping for over 20 disposals for Sam Simpson. <laughs> Zach. Well, I'm hoping for Jack Stephen in the guts. Yeah. Zach, you're hoping for... Uh, I, I want 15 possessions out of Jack Stephen, regardless of where he plays. 15. Yeah, clock 15 up, 16 minimum. against... Against Pies? At least 15, let's say. 15 minimum. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I, yeah, as I just mentioned just quickly, I just, uh, yeah, I want to see more um, more of the explosive efforts from Gary Rowan because that's always very exciting. 
just depends on how often he can um, impact the game. How often we can get it forward. Yes, yes. That, <laughs> and how well, long we can get it forward for you. Yeah, how, how often we can put it in his area. Mm. Um, and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully Myers can turn it around and have a better game. Um, but overall, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not too pessimistic about the upcoming game. So I think we'll do okay. I tip we'll hope for a win. And see you after the Freo game, boys. No worries. Go Cats. Go Go Cats. Cats.